and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. She says you are much too noisy. She does realize that there is something of a war going on, doesn't she? She has never liked... Oh, would he? <laughs> Cheapers, Rothrick. How many times do I have to tell you, don't sneak up behind me like that? You'll scare me to death. That's why I enjoy it so. <laughs> so, what are you watching tonight? It looks interesting. Oh, it's a bridge too far. A World War II movie about a raid on a bridge. See, the Allies attempt to capture several strategically important bridges in the Netherlands in hope of breaking the German lines. Well... It looks like a lot of death and destruction. Just down my alley, as you would say. Ugh, only you, Rothrick. So, Woody, were you ever in the armed forces? Eh, nah, not that I wouldn't have been. Just wasn't called up and I probably wouldn't have gotten in anyway. Oh, why so? Weak heart? <laughs> no, but thank you for trying. No other medical conditions. Anything I might need to know about? No, and again, thank you for trying. Were you ever enlisted? No, but I did have an uncle once who was. Oh, yeah? Who? Uncle Ichabod Gastblood. Sergeant Major. Oh, yeah? Pacific or European theater? A European. Really? Did he fight the Germans? Heavens, no. The French. Huh? The British had never fought the French during World War II. Not that war. Well, it couldn't have been World War One. Um, not that one either. Well, which one? The Napoleonic War. Oh, jeez, Roderick. I forget. You gasbloods die old. Well, what did he do? He cleared the battlefield of the dead. It was kind of our thing, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that does remind me of tonight's story. It's about a soldier who has a horrible brush with death, only to survive to tell the tale in I Know Where Dead Soldiers Go by It Stared Back. Enjoy. I Know Where Dead Soldiers Go, by It Stared Back. 1945, Okinawa. The man laid in a pool of his own blood. He was bleeding out, and if he didn't get medical attention soon, he would die. The man called out for a medic, but the call was lost in the sounds of warfare. 
he flinched as he saw a soldier take a bullet through the head. The man remembered that same soldier cracking jokes just two hours ago. Now he was dead. The man shifted and winced in pain as the wound on the left part of his abdomen was disturbed. I should have stayed in the trenches, the man thought bitterly, as shouts and explosions penetrated the air. The fields of Okinawa was a deadly place at the time, and most people out of the trenches were shot to bits shortly after leaving the trenches. One of his fellow allies noticed him. The soldier was hiding behind a barrier made of sandbags. The soldier crawled over on his stomach to avoid being shot to pieces. The soldier that had crawled over to the man was young. Too young for a battle like this. Are you all right? The young soldier shouted over the thunderous boom of weapons. The man glared at him. What do you think? The man thought angrily. He knew his time was up. His card was called. Even if a medic were to come, at this point, there would be nothing they could do. The young soldier seemed to realize this and fell silent. But he didn't move. He laid there next to him, his rifle lying unused beside him. The man was annoyed. He wanted to die alone. My name is Charlie, the young soldier shouted. The man just gave the kid a look. One most people would take as a warning. Charlie was not most people. The man glanced at the kid. What was he doing in a war like this? The man glanced at the trenches, which were what he estimated ten paces. The man finally spoke. You need to get to the trenches, he shouted, then winced in pain. The boy shook his head with a look of terror in his eyes. Are you crazy? Those machine guns will tear us to pieces, Charlie shouted back. The boy was right. Then the man came up with an idea. He was going to die. But maybe his death could be purposeful. The man told Charlie of his plan. The man was going to crawl a few feet to his left and then stand up and began firing upon where he saw the machine guns were firing. The boy would run towards the trench as if his life depended on it, which it did, and dive in. Hopefully, the machine guns would focus their fire towards the man and Charlie would live to fight another day. The boy didn't approve of the plan, but he didn't refuse. The man began to crawl painfully a few feet away, leaving behind a trail of blood. His wound screamed in protest, but the man continued his crawl. He couldn't hear the sounds of warfare anymore. It must be close to his time. The man used every ounce of strength he had left and pushed himself up. He pulled his sidearm and prepared to open fire. But that was not what happened. The man froze. The once active battlefield was now empty. There were no bodies. The man looked over at Charlie, but found the boy was gone. The man slowly surveyed his surroundings. He noticed that his wound had stopped bleeding, and it didn't hurt anymore. Was he dead? Was this what the afterlife was like? Was he to roam the empty battlefield for eternity? The man's thoughts were interrupted by a scream that came from right behind him. The man jogged towards the sound. It came from the trenches. The man looked into the trenches and let out a scream. The trenches were filled with bodies of soldiers, Japanese and American soldiers. They all had war wounds of some sort. They should have been dead, but they weren't. This wasn't what made the man scream. The inside of the trench was made out of a flesh-like substance. The soldiers in the trench were connected to it. 
They were being fused to the flesh. One soldier had his upper half of his body sticking out of the flesh. He would occasionally twitch. Most of the soldiers were silent, though. Some of them reached their arms out to the man as if they wanted to pull him in or have him pull them out, but did not make a sound otherwise. So where had that scream come from? The man followed the trench until he found what had screamed. The man did not think this nightmare could get worse, but it somehow did. He stopped when he saw the sight before him. He didn't dare move, too afraid to call attention to himself. Before him stood a creature so tall that its head could be visible above the trench. The creature took the form of a human skeleton. Its head was a grinning skull with dark pits for eyes. It had four skeletal limbs, two protruding from either side of it, and one of the skeletal hands held a soldier and another a large scythe. The man recognized the screaming soldier. It was Charlie. The creature seemed to grin at the struggling Charlie in his grasp. The man saw that Charlie had a bullet wound in the back of his head. Charlie never made it after all, which led to the second realization. This is the afterlife. Charlie noticed the man at the end of the trench. His eyes pleaded with the man to do something. The creature followed the man's gaze, its skull-like head grinning at him. The creature didn't take its gaze off the man as it shoved Charlie into the wall of flesh. The flesh immediately melted with the soldier's skin. Charlie's screams were cut off as his head was sucked into the wall of flesh, and soon his entire body disappeared. The creature turned its body to the man. The man found that he couldn't move under his gaze. The thing reached out with one of its long limbs and snatched the man from where he stood. The man was grabbed by his neck by those ice-cold skeletal fingers and held so that he was face to face with the creature. His feet dangled uselessly and the man's struggles were futile. The creature's breath smelled like rot and decay. The man thought that he had seen the horrors of the world. He had seen his friends get torn into pieces by machine guns. He had seen people burned alive and seen soldiers bleed to death while missing their limbs. But no horror could compare to what he saw in front of him. The monster studied him for a bit before uttering three words between wheezing breaths. Not your time, it wheezed. The monster breathed in and, and seemed to suck the man's very soul into it. The last thing the man saw before his vision went dark was the dark void of the creature's maw. Inside of it, there were evils beyond human comprehension, truths that humans were not supposed to know. Things so terrible, so awful, and the man saw them. They burned into his very soul, these truths and revelations. They broke his mind and corrupted his soul. The battlefield medic stood over the man as he began to regain consciousness. The medic had seen the injured man stand up in the middle of the battle, then shortly pass out from blood loss. The medic and another soldier had crawled out of the trench and dragged the man back into the trench as some poor kid took the fire from the machine guns. They got to him just in time to patch him up. They saved his life. When the man woke up, his eyes seemed to bulge out of their sockets as he let out the most terrified scream the medic had ever heard. The fear in the man's voice was at full volume. The medic turned to calm him down, but the man didn't stop screaming until he passed out.
The Allies won the battle. The man was transferred to a hospital where he was transferred shortly to an asylum. His family would visit, but their visits began to get less frequent until they stopped visiting at all. For every time they had visited, the man told them horrible things, unbelievable things. I know this because I'm his nurse. I've been his nurse for three days. All the other nurses before me had quit without explanation. The most the hospital was able to get from a nurse was that they just couldn't take it anymore. I don't know if I can either. I have lost all feelings for life, no longer see the good things in life. I don't believe there is any, and this is my fault, you see. I knew better than to ask the man questions, but curiosity got the better of me. I now know things I didn't want to know. I know things that have burrowed into my very soul because I know where dead soldiers go. I know where dead soldiers go by It Stared Back. Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. Hey, subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to like us there too. Also, make sure you tell your friends about us. Spread the word. Now, if you want your story recorded for your own use or just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order it there. Or you can find me on Upwork at Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.